Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. Hello and welcome back into another edition of Cardinals Corner, a Friday night edition of Cardinals Corner. Calling in because he's Mr. Boots on the ground yet again is Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake, who's been out at training camp in full force. I am Arizona Sports afternoon contributor Eric Ruby. We are Cardinals Corner and Tyler training camp in full swing. How has it been getting back there? Boots on the ground, Hollywood, Tyler Drake in full force. <laughs> well, man, outside of uh, not seeing you at the station, it's been great. <laughs> oh, too kind. Oh, too kind. Man, there's that synergy. No, uh, but no, in, in all honesty, it's been great to just be back on the field, back in the field covering this team. You know, obviously expectations aren't the highest, but, you know, there is definitely, definitely a different feeling in the building. There's a, there was a lot of people in the stands today, too, way more than there was yesterday. So there's definitely some intrigue going on, and, and you can really tell there is a difference in culture. I mean, people are running to drills. They're really playing for one another, it feels like, and it just seems like accountability really is ingrained in all of these people's heads now. So we'll see what that translates to, and it's still early, but there's been uh, – there's been some noticeable differences, I should say. Oh, absolutely. And before we get into the big story, which is Buda Baker, uh, something that stood out to me just cutting and listening through all the audio, uh, DJ Humphreys called it a culture shock, not a culture shift with this Arizona Cardinals regime under Jonathan Gannon, Monty Fort, so on and et cetera. And then he was asked, uh, well, why? JG, that's it. You know you're gonna it's either you're gonna be like that or you're gonna go home. And especially when you got your leaders that are falling into that mode, there's nobody that's behind that's gonna buck the system when they see guys like me, guys like K1, Buddha that are falling into place and doing everything right, they're gonna they're gonna do the same thing. So does a culture shock, Tyler, do you think that that's going to relay into wins and losses, or is it just kind of a we need to get this figured out so then we can work on the wins and losses part? Yeah, I'm thinking more on the latter half of that question, or that, yeah, the question, just because, I mean, let's just be real. It's Kyler Murray's coming back from injury, Eckert's coming back from injury. We're not sure when they're coming back. Those are two key cogs to this team doing well. And, yeah, wins and losses are, or wins are going to be at a premium for this team this year, and it's really about setting this foundation, setting this culture to when you get into 2024, 2025, 2026. It's already set. You already know what you're going to get when you come to the Cardinals, and, and I think that's really the big thing. Is it's it's Rome wasn't built in a day. It's a, it's everybody says that, and they are taking that approach very seriously. With just you can't rush things. And the old regime, I felt like there was times they tried to rush things. They tried to go out there and get that signing that maybe could turn the corner, but probably wasn't. And instead, they are really focusing on. The little things, and I, that's been the, the key from multiple people this whole week, is they are focused on the little things. They want to get the little things done right. And I even asked David Collins, I said, you know, last year, were there a lot of little things? And he didn't really want to get into it, but he said, you know, all those little things, they can turn into something big. Mm-hmm. So just take that for what it is. And But, I mean, really, it does seem like they have a concerted effort to really, really, really try to get this foundation set to the point where they don't have to go back down and break it back down to nothing. Right. I mean, that's the big thing is that you get this all done now. Hopefully you're going to start seeing those wins and loss results by maybe the end of the season, maybe next season. 
I mean, a lot of it does depend on the health of players. There's so much more that goes into football, but you look at organizations that are pl- applauded for their success, right? The the New England Patriots of sorts. No matter what, no matter what players are in and out, who's injured, who's not injured, whatever, that foundation is there. It is set. It is solid. Players know what to expect, what they are being expected to do, and how to do it every single day. Doesn't matter who the players are, that culture is intact. And that's what's happening in Arizona. And part of that culture, part of this big turnaround and a huge face of it now, is going to be Buda Baker. As the safety received a raise reportedly earlier this week of up to $2.4 million in incentives and bonuses that included a $300,000 signing bonus. Tyler, weight off the shoulders for the Cardinals. For Buda, he was there smiling, full force and happy. What was the vibe around the team with Buddha back out there just being Buddha? Yeah, exactly what you said, man. Big smile on his face. He was he was the same old Buddha that we've come to know. And and yeah, I, you know, honestly, I think this was the best best result for both sides. I guess yeah, if you want to look at it, win-win. I know it's been talked about. Wolf has mentioned it multiple times on Wolf and Luke, but he's really he's he's on to something there. This is a win-win. The organization was able to hold firm, not give that a contract extension because it's a raise, not a contract extension, showing and, pre- and showing not only Buddha, but showing the rest of the team and everybody else that could be potential Cardinals down the line that just because you're the best player doesn't mean that they're going to get taken for a ride. On the other side of things, Buddha Baker gets more money, and that's what he sought out to do. Obviously, We'll have to see down the line what the next step is with all of this because, you know, it's still a two, two years left on his deal. But for right now, he's, he, like you said, he's, uh, he's very much ready to go with this team and, and he's focused on, you know, turning the corner. Yeah, I, uh, I liked his answers today. I'm going to take you through a couple of them. Uh, but to me, just not having any contract discussions to have anymore with anybody is nice. And the win-win is true because... I think it was a great point brought up. Uh, I forget if it was Tim, Tim Ring or Gambo today. That was like, you saw with Tyron Matthew, he was at the top of his game, one of the most explosive, one of the best in the league. And then a couple injuries happened, and that's life. That's humanity. That's yeah. sports. Yep. And to not just say, all right, you're our best player, and we need you because we're rebuilding, and we're going to give you this huge contract extension to prove that and then we're going to actually tie ourselves down to you and possibly hurt ourselves in the future because you might be great in a couple years you might have fallen off I I mean that's just it's it's football and it's a reality and as much as we would like to believe that some players are immune to it they aren't and there's a very good chance that Buda Baker is incredible when he's 30 and there's a very good chance that he is not the same Buda Baker that he was when he's 27 So with both of those realities out there, it is a win-win. You want your guy to be taken care of. You want him to have the money. But you also don't want to just be the team that gets taken for a ride by your best players whenever they're up for a contract extension or just any raise in general. But some of these answers that Buddha gave today, 
I'm going to go through it. And a couple of them that stood out to me, of course, he said he was all in, which is great. I don't think you expect anything else from Buddha, but he said that he believes in this new regime too. I definitely believe that this coaching staff and Monty and the GM are developing a great culture here. I'm very excited for the things that they preach throughout every single day. Just trying to get that culture right. And uh, this coaching staff is is a great staff and I, I believe we got it. A lot of the times, Tyler, you hear players talk like that just in general. And you're kind of like, okay, yeah, (laughs) you got to say that. It's the same thing when you hear coaches say, oh, you know, every position is, you know, it's a competition, like JG said, or I just want to see them get better. It's like, I know there's more to that than what you're giving us, but you don't sense just a checking of the box to give an answer from a DJ Humphreys or a Buddha Baker. Do you sense that they genuinely feel these things that they're saying? Yeah, I do. And I think the other thing too, is that, I mean, Buddha's still around. He could have easily just said, I want out. He could have said, I don't need the contract extension. I don't need a raise. I just want out of here. And instead he stuck around. And, and I think he really is seeing that. And, you know, you could check the box off by saying one sentence. Yep, culture looks like it's changing. Instead, you know, they went into depth about, you know, yeah, it's this guy doing it and this guy doing it and this guy doing it. And, and it's just really, it's refreshing, honestly. From what we saw all, yeah, all of last year, let's be real, that wasn't the case. Not at all. You can tell they're not saying, they're not putting people out there to burn or anything like that, but you can tell there is a complete switch flip of the switch with this regime past uh, against the old regime and players are really really backing this backing this coaching staff and front office like from the get-go it almost yeah and I feel like a lot of them are also taking time to acknowledge Monty Austin for it as well and, and the front office not just oh specific coaches or just the head coach or just like they're including everybody it feels like a cohesive unit and sticking with Buddha and the answers he gave today He did not get a a longer contract extension. So he's under contract for the same amount of time that he was before. But he was asked, do you see yourself being in Arizona long term? Of course. It's been awesome for me. I love Arizona. I love Arizona fans. And, uh, you know, I'll continue to play to the best of my ability. And that, you know, will be at a high level each and every year. So, of course. So there's no doubt he needs to retire a Cardinal, right? I mean, he called, He was asked if uh, if he considers this home, and he's like, yep, I was drafted here. I've been here. This is this is my place. So I think so. I mean, at this point, you know, the fact that stuff didn't get any messier between the two sides, definitely think the relationship is still solid between them. So, I mean, why not? He is like – I mean, he's a generational talent for this team. He's a cornerstone of this team. He's a – you know, he would – he's definitely in the running to be a Ring of Honor member – if he can, you know, finish off his career on a high note. So you yeah, don't think he's I already mean, there? No, no, no. I, yeah, I already do. But I'm saying like, if he has, you a can't sour on the organization. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yep. 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 So I think he's already there, but obviously, you know, you've got to finish, got to finish out that career, but definitely think he's, he's trending towards that way. Obviously he's a leader. Obviously he's a captain. Obviously he, I mean, everything he said in that past, in that past quote, was Buda Baker to a T, man. I think I think everybody knows it. Everybody realizes it. And and just having that storyline not be a storyline anymore is huge for this team. Because remember last year, stuff was going on. I mean, there's the James Saxon issue last year, I think, around this time. There was a lot of stuff. Marquise Brown got a speeding ticket. I mean, we're not seeing any of this stuff. It's a, it's a refreshing change of pace 
from what this team looked like a year, two years ago even. All right, one more cut from Buddha before we kind of wrap up the Buddha talk and go out into what other notes you're picking up from training camp so far, because there's a lot of interesting storylines that are starting to unfold. This was a question about how his shoulder that he injured against the Buccaneers late last season is feeling after an offseason of rehab. My left fractured shoulder is stronger than my regular shoulder now, so bigger than ever, stronger than ever, faster, quicker, can jump higher. You know, I'm very excited to... uh, you know, put on a show. He's not human, Tyler. He's just no, not he's human. Not. No, he's not. He just like shakes off that he fractured his shoulder. <laughs> no oh, high know. ankle sprain. I'll play through yeah. that. Yeah. He talked about he talked about how he gives his trainer a bunch of grief because he says that his his reconstructed shoulder is uh, I guess not reconstructed shoulder, but the one he broke is way stronger than his other one now. <laughs> you know, that's actually something that's kind of common. I've um I've broken Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr. I personally I'm no NFL player. I'm certainly no Buda Baker. But I've broken my arm. I've broken my leg. I've I've injured myself quite a bit uh just throughout my life on this earth. And you do get stronger because you're so focused on rehabbing and it gets so weak when you're not working on it. But a lot of the times when things like when bones recover or whatnot, they just they come back stronger in general. So not too surprising. Is there anything else Buddha related that you feel is worth bringing up right now? Because at the end of the day, there's not a ton of analysis when it comes to him, because every single Cardinals fan knows exactly what they're going to be getting getting out of this guy week in and week out. I think just his mentality through the offseason, he kind of spoke on that a little bit more and explained, you know, he was just letting his agent do do what he paid his agent to do and at the same time made sure that he just kept grinding and made sure that he just, uh, you know, stayed focused on the path ahead and, and he knew that everything was going to work out at the end. So uh, if anybody thought that he might still have some ill will towards the team, it seems like, you know, from the get-go, he was just determined to get stronger he really wasn't away from his teammates, even though he wasn't at, you know, didn't participate in minicamp or OTAs. But, you know, he talked about how he was around his teammates a lot this offseason and worked out with them a lot. So for all the talk and all the outside noise that he even said he was laughing at a lot. So it, that's even funnier. Uh, you know, it seems like this relationship is it hasn't really taken a hit like I think a couple people probably expected, even if they came to agreement of some sort. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great. You really don't get any sense of animosity from either end any way whatsoever, even though it, it did get kind of public and not ugly, but definitely in the eyes of the people and the fans and the reporters. Yep. And that is not always something that ends positively. All right. Speaking of positives, negatives, the good, the bad, what else have you picked up, noticed, stood out to you from three days of Cardinals training camp so far? Yeah, so I mean, let's go by day by day. Day one, Buda Baker returning. That's easily the big takeaway. Day two, I would have to say Clayton Toon and Zach Paschal. They were the standouts for sure. They were connecting on some deep balls. I asked Zach Paschal today about Clayton Toon. He says he likes him a lot, says he's got the arm to do it, just got to learn that playbook, and he thinks he can make an impact on this team. So that's something to watch for sure. I mean, Clayton Toon's rolling with the twos too, by the way. He's right behind Colt McCoy. So I think they like what they see out of the guy. And then, yeah, I mean, Paschal just is that veteran presence that I think this wide receiver room, you know, needs. He's just been around the block. He knows, you know, Jonathan Gannon from his past two stops. And he just seems like a guy that could be a contributor more than I think a lot of us thought. Just, I mean, he's a bigger guy, but he, and you know, he can still get down the field. So 
something to watch there. Uh, Paris Johnson still playing at right tackle. That's something to monitor moving forward. John Gaines, backup center role. He's rolling with the twos as a, as the backup center. So that's the that was very interesting to watch. Something today, Colt McCoy uh, did not attempt to pass. That was uh, interesting. It was obviously it was a lower tempo day than it was yesterday. It's by design, Jonathan Gannon likes to do that. So they're not burning all the tread off the tires in one week, and, and it helps get mental reps. But, uh, yeah, something to watch there. He didn't attempt to pass. He was still with the ones, but just did not throw the ball. And uh, then we've got Trey McBride did not take the field. He was on the sideline with his teammates, but uh, was not participating in drills or anything like that. So it'll be curious if that was by design or if there is something creeping up with those two. Uh, let's see. Oh, Keytrail Clark had a pick today on Clayton Toon. That was a, a nice read on that ball for sure. And let's see. What else do we got? Oh, Christian Matthew is running with the ones. He has uh, started pretty much I, since camp started. I mean, he was he didn't even know he was going to start until he got here. And he seems really, really confident right now and is not only taking on that first-team role uh, with a lot of confidence, he's also – you know, acting as a leader to Keytrail Clark and Garrett Williams and, you know, taking them under his wing. And, and he's really – he seems like a different player, to be honest with you. And if they can get him going, he's six foot four, 200 pounds. Like, the guy is – could be a big problem for that team or for uh, opposing offenses. And then one last thing I think you'll love this one, Isaiah Simmons, deep safety, playing a lot of deep safety, a lot of cover, cover three with Jalen and, uh, and Buddha. I was waiting for that. Uh, I knew you were. I had to save that one for last. But, yeah, uh, I mean, dude looks like he's playing pretty well there. I mean, Zach Pascal had a great catch over him, but even just the con- the contested ability that he can bring should cause a lot of fits. I mean, he seems like he's going to be all over the field. He's not just going to be out deep. I think they're going to move him up. I think they're going to rotate guys, you know, safeties through there. But cover three is on the way, I think. And, I mean, 12 personnel and running the football. thats It's going to happen, guys, so get ready for it. Do you think I'm going to be disappointed uh, by the amount of playing time that Zach Pascoe gets over Michael Wilson? I don't. Because they're kind of know, in similar molds, are they not? Yeah, yeah, they are kind of They are kind of similar molds. But I think, you know, I think Wilson's going to find his way on the field. I, I he just, better. The dude, dude just seems like he's got it, man. He still does. He, he doesn't look like he's taking a step back. Obviously, I feel like after OTAs and minicamp, there's that, you know, kind of wide eye. Oh, man, we're at training camp. He doesn't doesn't seem like that, man. I mean, he talked to us and, and just, again, just handled himself like a pro. He was getting battered with a bunch of questions about, you know, his girlfriend who's on the, the U.S. women's team for soccer and just really, really went into depth about all of that. And, and you know, he, he handled all the questions with a lot of class and a lot of, uh, you know, they were asking, who's the better athlete? And he he – he he uh, had the right answer and said her, so <laughs> he's on the right track. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I'm really looking forward to just see where he kind of establishes himself throughout this training camp. How many reps he gets with what team he's getting. Uh, obviously, Clayton Tune. You kind of rattled off a lot there. I'm going to try to pick through a little bit and give my thoughts on <laughs> yeah, it. I, I mean, there's a lot going on, and that's fine. You're Tyler Drake. You know what's going on. Like this is the reason why this. Like you are Cardinals corner, right? You're in the corner. You're watching the Cardinals, and you know what's going on. So. Clayton Toon running with the twos. I like it. I feel like with somebody who has that much confidence, you need to kind of feed that confidence back into him and be like, okay, like we're gonna we're gonna give you these reps. We're gonna give you the opportunity to go out there and to sling the ball a little bit. And 
He's been able to show that, hey, like I, I can do something here. I don't know if it's exactly translate to be a week one starter in the NFL, but if it's okay, we've gone through Colt McCoy and it's not working, he might be that solid option afterwards. And forgive me if you did mention this, but I'm not sure if you did, if I just completely had short-term memory loss because I have the brain of a goldfish, apologies. Paris Johnson Jr., starting right tackle. Yep, yep. Yep, I did mention it, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the starting the the starting line is EJ Humphreys, uh, Elijah Wilkinson at left guard, center uh, Yelda Froholt, Will Hernandez at right guard, and then Paris Johnson. And yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's. I think he might be staying there. So, how do you feel about that? Considering that one of their better offensive linemen from last year, Kelvin Beecham, is then not with the first unit. I mean, you got You got to put a guy where you think he can excel the most, and if that's where they think he can do it, put him there, and you have Beecham as a solid, solid backup option. And you know, it's just it's going to be interesting. I don't, I don't think he's going to be guard. I think they're going to keep him at right tackle. It just seems like that's the way it's going. And you know, for all the right tackle stuff and, and knowledge he's picking up, he's still learning a lot about the guard spot, just so he knows the guy what the guy next to him is doing. So. Definitely interesting there. Uh, John, and like I said, John Gaines get that backup center. And, uh, yeah, Kelvin's rolling with the twos at right tackle. Josh Jones at left tackle. Uh, Dennis Daly at left guard. And then right guard Marquise Hayes. What about F-line? They're uh, the new offensive lineman that they just signed I part of still, I think he's still getting I think he's still getting his bearings a little bit. I think, I think we'll start seeing more of him. But right now it, it seems like he's kind of getting the uh, – uh, the abbreviated kind of uh, run through right now. I mean, he's got experience and you hear him kind he of does. talk. He's got a lot of experience across a lot of different positions on the line. So it seems like they're kind of going for the versatility theme with the offensive line. They even did that when they were drafting John Gaines and somebody who'd played multiple positions, including a little bit of center. And maybe that's just because they want to plug and play around Paris Johnson Jr. and DJ Humphreys mirroring each other on either side. So I'm really interested to see if Paris keeps that spot, if they move him around a little bit just to see where he works the best. And I mean, where does Kelvin Beecham come in all of this? Because he he really was one of your better offensive linemen last season. And I mean, for the last couple of seasons, not just for last season. Is there a the only healthy one to go all, all season? Yeah. And that that is a skill in itself. Is there anybody besides the Jonathan Gannons of the world from the new regime that guys have been talking about or that you've noticed maybe have a little bit of a different energy about them going out and running their specific position groups? Or is it still a little bit too early to see that stuff taking form? You know, I think it's a little too early, but I will say, you know, Nick Rollis is not afraid to be the, the human dummy for for the uh, outside linebackers group, the, you know, the first drill of, of training camp, he was out there getting uh, tackled by, like not tackled, but, you know, going through the motions of, you know, getting almost like a wrestling move for one of the drills. And he was the, he was the dummy to start it off. And, you know, it was, he was more than fine with it. I, I saw him walking, uh, walking by the locker room afterwards. And he was like, Oh yeah, part of the job. Just kept walking. <laughs> I like my defensive coordinator to have a little crazy in them. I feel like that's, oh, yeah. That's it. That's very much what you would like, especially from a young guy. You got to have that uh, just rabid little chip on your shoulder. That's like, yeah, I'll get tackled. It's fine. I, I just I love that. I, I really do. OK, so if we can't really get a grip on that because it's too early, are there any other patterns or trends that 
you are seeing take shape or you are seeing happening that maybe will pay dividends once preseason and the regular season hits that, I mean, you've been at training camps before. This ain't your first rodeo that, that weren't there in the previous years. Uh, I would say, I would say, I would just say, look out for the new addition of Jeff Swain, man. I think that guy is going to be a game changer for the offense and he could very well be a starting tight end for this team, especially if Ertz has to miss a couple games. Like, Everyone has said nothing but good things about the guy, and he looks like he is going to be a problem for for opposing defenses. I mean, he's a veteran; he can be he can be that blocker. And uh, that really know, feels like does. all he's going to do. I like it's not that I mean, he, he's physically he's incapable of catching, but he's he is mainly a blocker. Yeah. He's going to be he's going to be a six offensive lineman basically. But yeah, I mean, I think he's a huge addition, like a huge random pickup that could be a big contributor this year. Yeah, I'm excited just to see how that tight end room shapes up. You kind of take some pressure off of Trey McBride's shoulders on the blocking side of things because when you have Zach Ertz, who, yes, is recovering from an injury, but he will be back. He is a little bit more wide receiver than he is tight end. I mean, he's just tall. Same thing with Trey McBride. A little bit more receiver, a little bit less in the trenches. So just having somebody who played... A lot of snaps, kind of the same ilk as Elfline or F-Line. Uh, just somebody who has had NFL experience before, getting down in the mud and getting dirty. That is a tool that I'm sure Drew Petzing and even Gannon is going to really enjoy using. Because like you said, they're going to be running the heck out of the ball. And I'm looking at James Conner. As somebody who, if you're a fantasy owner or if you're just somebody who's really invested in the production of somebody and the numbers every single week, especially until Kyler Murray comes back, we might be seeing some ridiculous James Conner numbers, to say the least. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm If, if you can get James Conner in fantasy, I probably would do that just because he's going to get the ball so, so much. Even when Kyler's back, he's going to get the rock a lot. I mean, as he should. He's definitely one of the more established and well-proven. And he, seems, he seems a lot more rejuvenated. He seems rejuvenated, too. He seems like he is all in right now, and, and that's just great to see. I mean, the dude always seems like he is, you know, full go, but he just there's a different side of him that seems like he's really pumped to be on this team right now. Yeah, it kind of feels like everybody's that way. Everybody has this renewed sense of energy around them, and that's made training camp so much more interesting. I'll give you space for your final words, final comments, final notes if you have any, something that we haven't covered on this dawn of a new era for the Arizona Cardinals. I got nothing outside of keep following along and I will keep bringing you all the info as I, uh, as I get it. And you can do that by following at T Drake four. That's the number four at T Drake four sports on Twitter, video, audio, every single thing that you need to keep track of the Cardinals. Tyler Drake has it all of his articles on the Arizona sports app and Arizona sports.com. Of course, you can follow me at Eric Ruby on Twitter. It's Eric with a K. You can follow the show at AZ cards corner and we'll be checking back in preseason is going to be coming up soon. We've got our live show on August 5th, live from training camp. We're going to have a lot of fun. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. Follow us, follow the show, leave a five-star review, leave a comment, all of that fun stuff. But, of course, the most important thing for you to do, enjoy football. We'll talk to you guys next time.